This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. it greatly. Our series for this month is Building God's House. Building God's House. Now, you know, we've moved into a new home, but how many of you know this is not God's house? This is where God's house meets because you are God's house. Isn't that right? The Bible says that we have been redeemed, not by corruptible things, but by incorruptible. The, the, the blood of Jesus Christ, the precious blood of Jesus. And God has given us this place in order to do something in His people. And we talked about building God's house. Uh, turn to Haggai. We're going to just read that. We read that scripture last week, and we're going to kind of be using that each week. <clears throat> You get to, if you get to Matthew and just turn back about two or three books, you'll get it there. So there where the pages stick together, you know. When's the last time you were reading in Haggai? <laughs> Haggai chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 3. says, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? And how does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? Now, We said that the Israelites were coming back from captivity and they were rebuilding the temple there. This is exactly what God's talking about. But But there were those who had seen the former glory of Solomon's temple with all its magnificence, with all of its gold, with all of its ornateness and all of that. And when they saw this work that was being redone at that point in time, he said, does it seem so small and so insignificant? And you know, we can look around and we can say, well, there's not that many of us. There's not that, uh, that uh, you know, we're not large like uh, other churches in our city and in our area. But you know, that is inconsequential. Because if we obey God, if we listen to God, and we move as the Spirit of God directs us, God can use us to effect a change in our community and eventually our city and our world. Amen? He says here, he says, does it look like nothing? Now, you know, I found this out. The way God works, he usually starts small, doesn't he? He starts with a seed. You know, there's trees out in California that's so large they have highways built through them. But you know what? They started with a seed you could hold in your hand. And so we have to be able to see what God is doing and working. And by faith, God always requires us to, what, exercise faith in what He's doing. Amen? And so He says, did you see in His former glory? And He said, be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, be, be strong, all you people. What is God saying to us, Passion Church? Be strong. Be strong. And work. And we talked about this last week. That word strong means courageous and conquer. Whenever God moved upon a people, there was always opposition. The enemy, I mean, you know you have an enemy. It's not the people sitting next to you either. The Bible says that we do not warfare against what? Flesh and blood. The government's not who you're fighting. The Republicans or the Democrats is not who you're fighting. Come on. 
we have an enemy. And he is the enemy of our soul and the enemy of God. He is Satan. He is Lucifer. He's Beelzebub. He's got a lot of names. But he is the deceiver. And he stands against everything that God wants to do. And if we think we're just going to come, uh, you know, into this place and it's all going to just be wonderful, you know, and everything, you got another thing coming. We have to be alert. He said, be strong and courageous. We talked about that last week, that God talked about His glory. So I'm just going to review to catch you up. He says that He wants to reveal a greater glory in, in the greater work. This is what I found out, the emphasis of our message today. In my experience, in, in nearly 40 years of ministry, and a little bit longer than that as a, as a believer, God's work and God's revelation is progressive. Are you listening? From the patriarchs to the present, God has been working at different times and different epochs and in different ways, constantly revealing more and more of Himself, of His work, of His plan, and of His purpose. And of course, we see the ultimate of that is expressed when Jesus, the Son of God, the incarnate one, came. He was the full expression and is the full expression of the Father, isn't He? And so through Jesus in the church, that expression is going to take place, and even that is going to be uh, in an ever-progressive way. We talked about last week that God wants to pour out His Spirit. We talked about, uh, we looked at the woman, remember the woman over there, that, uh, the widow woman that came to the prophet and said, you know, my, my husband's dead, the debtors have come, they're going to get my sons, and the prophet said, go Get a bunch of, you know, empty vessels. And he said, take that little bit of oil you got. And he said, begin to fill them up. And l- as long as there was an empty vessel, the oil continued to what? Flow, didn't it? When there are hungry people. When there are people that say, God, I'm thankful for what you've done in my life. I'm grateful for what you've done up till now. But there's more I know that you can do. There's more that you want to do. Not only for me and in me, but through me. And as long as there are vessels like that, the oil is going to flow. And he said that he would anoint us with fresh oil. Amen? I want the freshness of God. Thank God for what God did five years ago and ten years ago. Never forget that. But you know, God is a God of the present as well as God of the past. And he's got something fresh in you that he wants to do in our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Turn, if you will, to John 16. There are three things I want to talk about this morning I want to mention. We're going to get to in the process of this message. And that is movement, message, and manifestation. We're talking today about how does God build movement, message, and manifestation. There is always, first, when God gets ready to do something, there is movement. There's always movement. God is not static. God is not stagnant. If you're bored with your Christianity, that's your fault, not God's. Amen? Because He's got something new and fresh He wants to do in your life and through your life. But it's real easy. I know being a human being, I understand human beings. (laughs) See, sometimes people think, well, you're a pastor. You oughtn't to feel that way. Well, last time I looked, I had flesh just like you. Amen? But see, it's easy if we're not careful as human beings, we get stagnant. 
We, 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 we get in a vein and we, we like that vein and we get in our comfort zone and we're in that comfort zone and, and you know, we're just, we're, we're like the, you know, we're like Peter, James, and John when they went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember that? They were up there with Jesus and all of a sudden, you know, dead people started appearing. Wow, just wait till we start having a church service like that. People think we're extreme now. Isn't that right? Yeah, he had two people been dead for centuries. Showed up at the service. The glory cloud came. God spoke. Remember that? And, and the humanity of the apostles came out. And, Pe- and Peter said, Lord, boy, this is good. Woo, I like this. This is good. I mean, man, I mean, you know, Moses and Elijah came to the meeting. The glory cloud. God spoke in an audible voice. I mean, Jesus was transformed before them. Woo, let's have a, man, I guess every week I'd like to have that. But you know what they said? Their humanity came out and said, Lord, this is good. Let's just build three tabernacles. In other words, let's camp out right here. But Jesus knew, and you know the story, all the time at the bottom of the mountain were people with needs who were hurting. Remember the man with his son that was bound? And so we need to go up to the glory, but we need to come down to the work. Amen. That's why he said the glory of this house will be greater. But then he goes on and he says, what's the purpose of the glory? He said, so that you might work. Amen. <laughs> and so it always starts with a movement. Jesus said in John 7, he said, out of your innermost being, well, what? What will it do? What's that word there? Flow. What does flow sound like? Movement. He said, the Spirit of God is moving. Remember uh, over the pool of Bethesda where they had the five porches with all the sick people and it said at a certain time an angel came down and what happened to the waters? There was movement. And the first person who got in, what happened? They received a healing, didn't they? God always is moving with, uh, he, he, his, when He initiates something, there's going to be a movement Not a static thing. There's a movement that's going to take place. And it will be Holy Spirit guided. Jesus said when the Spirit of God's come, what's He going to do? He's just going to sit down and He's going to take it easy, right? No, He said when He comes, He's going to do what? He's going to teach. He's going to reveal. And He's going to guide. That sounds like movement to me. Have you ever gone on a guided tour? Did the guy sit down while you walked around? No, he was moving. And you were moving. There was movement as the Spirit of God guides us. The problem, when we get in problems with the church, many times, it's because we have stopped moving. God is moving and we are not. We become static. We become stagnant. We get in our rut. We want it this way. And and as soon as anything changes, oh, we don't like it. Don't change the music. Don't change the message. Don't change anything. Don't change the way we do anything. We don't want to change anything. We want to stay the same way. You know, Jesus, when He came in the earth, the Bible said about Him that no man taught the way He taught. No man did the works that He did. That was what made Him, one of the things that made Him unique and stand out. Because, see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were still quite a few centuries behind. Are you listening? They had got legalistic about what God intended to be life. They had got stagnant. 
And as soon as Jesus came along, they said, what is this message? What is he doing? What is, what's going on here? This has got to be wrong. And see, that's human nature. And today in the church, listen, Passion Church, I'm not talking about the church in general. I'll leave that to God. But Passion Church, we've got to be careful that we don't get stagnant. That we don't say, well, hallelujah, it's wonderful. Now we've got, we've got a property. We've got a building. We don't have to pack and unpack every week. We don't have to do it. Isn't this great? And we just sit down on our blessed assurance. That's not what God called us to do. God called us to fill His house with the hurting and the broken and the lost. That's what it's all about. That's what we're all about. We're not about our comfort. I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's fine. That's wonderful. But that's not the end in itself. Where this place is what? God wants to build His house in there. And that's you and I. And then Jesus used an analogy to talk about the, the, the movement of God. He talked about the new wine versus the old wine. Or the old wine versus the new wine. Remember that? He said, no one who has been drinking the old wine, likes the taste of the new wine at first. You know what? Change is not always easy, is it? Anybody in here have your particular style of music that you like? I do. Sure I do. Man, I, I, I have all, we have all kind of preferences. You got your favorite, probably, desserts. You got your favorite food. You got all kind of things, you know? Some of us, you know, some of us like the lights bright. Some of us like the lights dimmer. Some of us like the music quieter. Some of us like the music louder. We all got preferences, don't we? Because we're unique. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as our preferences don't block what God's wanting to do. This is what Jesus said about the old and the new wine. You know, anybody who's, who's been in uh, 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 a believer for a number of years, like I've been over 40 years, and if you've been a believer for 30, 40 years or more, you've seen change in the church. Isn't that right? There, there's been movement. I came in in what they called in the early 70s the Jesus movement. There was a G- and you know what? That was just an emphasis that God was doing at that particular time to reach out to people uh, of my generation. You know, the hippies, the dropouts, the, all those kind of people, you know, that you know, nobody wanted around because they were long-haired people and they didn't, they didn't look right and they didn't feel right and, you know, and we didn't want them. But all of a sudden, it didn't matter to God. He looked past their outward thing. He looked past the way they dressed. He looked past their long hair. He looked past all that and he looked on the heart. And God is still moving. He's moving today. And He wants to reach out and save people who look different than we do. Who have different preferences that we have. They have different backgrounds, different ethnicity. None of that matters because God is looking on the heart. And so, what we have to do is even though we've enjoyed the taste of the old wine, I've tasted a lot of different movements. The charismatic movement, the word of faith movement, the third wave movement. I mean, you know, every time a movement comes, somebody labels it. Are you listening? God doesn't label it. God's just moving. But we, you know, as human beings, we put a, put a label on it so we can understand, you know, what it is that we're doing. We're, we, we're big. We want to categorize everything. We want to catalog things. That's human nature. 
But God begins to move and he has an emphasis that he's doing. And we who have tasted all this old wine, if we're not careful, we'll be just like Jesus said, hey, I, I like the old better. Man, I like, man, you know, I like Pentecost. Well, I, man, I, I like the charismatic movement. I like this or I like that. I remember when we worshiped and, and we, you know, they used to, when I first got saved, you know, they were singing out of hymnals. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember what a hymnal is? <laughs> few of us do. But then all of a sudden, you know, God began to move. And along with this movement came a message. A message that was emphasized. And it didn't mean that we left off the truth that we had. But that right now, this is what God was emphasizing. This is what God wanted to do. And, you know, along with the message, I, I didn't put this in, but we could, it goes along with it. Along with the movement and the message, a lot of time there comes music. Are you listening? That, and all of this is part of the flow of what God's doing at this particular time. And if we will be sensitive and recognize what the Holy Spirit is doing, then we can enjoy both the old and the new wine. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Because we never get away from Calvary. Are you listening? We never get away. We sang about it today. We never get away from the blood. We never get away from the fact that Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. That's our ultimate goal. But there are times when God is emphasizing certain aspects of His work in His kingdom because what? He's fishing for a certain type of fish. Are you listening to me? Absolutely. He's fishing for a certain type of fish. The message. What is the message? Look in, look in John 1.17. Let's look at an example of this. John's Gospel. We're talking about how God builds His house. It starts with a movement, and it moves to a message. You can see this so clearly. I mean, think about it. As you're finding that scripture there. John the Baptist. God raised him up and brought him out of the desert, didn't he? I mean, he didn't dress like a Pharisee. I mean, you know, he, he still had grasshopper, you know, legs in, in his teeth. Can you imagine when you went up in that prayer line? Grasshopper breath. <laughs> wow. He, he didn't, and, and he came, and he had, a, but he, he, it, it began a movement. And because what? All of a sudden, God began to stir the hearts of Israel, and they began to come and be drawn by the message of John of repentance and baptism, didn't they? It's, you read over there, they were coming to him from every which way. And man, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, man, they were, I mean, they were some kind of upset. They were some kind of mad because John wasn't doing it the right way. It wasn't happening in the temple. It wasn't, in, or wasn't happening through them. How dare this uneducated guy coming out of there got grasshopper breath and, and dressed all rough and looking rough and everything. How dare he claim he's got the message from God. But he did. He had the message of the hour, didn't he? That didn't mean that what the Pharisees had wasn't real, but they lost the reality and the life of what they had. Now John is in the movement of God, and he's got the message, and God is confirming it because what? He's stirring the hearts of the people. Then Jesus comes along, 
And all of a sudden, Jesus begins to preach a message, and Jesus begins to demonstrate, and we're going to get into this in a minute, about the manifestation. Jesus begins to demonstrate the kingdom of God and the message that he's received. And here in John, John kind of sums it up. John 1, in verse 17, notice what it says here. It says, it says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Moses in his day had the movement of God, didn't he? The glory cloud, the fire, the pillar of fire. God speaking to him from the mount. He gave him the Ten Commandments. He gave him the directions to build the tabernacle and worship. And in that day, if I was alive, that's where I'd want to be. Because that's where God was moving. Amen? If I'd been in Jesus' day, I'd been wanting to begin with, I'd have wanted to be right where John the Baptist was. Do you know why? He had the message. He had the movement. But then when Jesus came along, and you know this if you know your Bible, those that had been following John, what did they do? They just peeled off and began to follow Jesus. Why? Because now Jesus had come. He had a greater revelation. He had a greater message. He had a greater manifestation. And that's what God was doing. And here's what God wants us to understand. That we take what we learn from the old move of God, the, the, the truth that He'd been there, and we take that with us as we embrace the new, what God is emphasizing at this moment. Are you listening? It's absolutely essential. And you know, some people, you know, that couldn't change, they come to John and said, John, all those people that were listening to your message and were following your ministry, now they're following this guy from Nazareth. See, they thought John would, you know, would want to rebuke them or something. And John, man, he got it. Boy, I like John. He got it. He said, hey, he must increase and I must Boy, how many ministers you know that will say that? <laughs> oh, yeah, boy, God bless him. God, he got the, he's got the message. Man, we'll get over there and help him. No, we all, sometimes we, we ministers are the worst. We, want, we got our little old kingdom. And we're wanting to build it. We're all upset. Somebody leaves or whatever, you know. <laughs> but we need to be like Jesus. I mean, be like John the Baptist. Say, look, if they've got the message, if they've got the movement, man, that's where you need to be. I would have wanted to follow Jesus. After Jesus ascended to heaven, you know where I'd wanted to be? I'd want to have been in the upper room with 120 because that's where God was moving. That was a movement of God. And from that came a greater movement. And you can go on and on down through church history. If you know your church history. Man, if I'd have been alive in the day of Martin Luther, you know where I'd want to be? I'd want to have been right there in Germany with him because he had the message of the hour. The just shall live by faith. That was the message. That was where the movement was. And so as we, Passion Church, grow and take our place in the body of Christ, we need to be able to discern what the message needs to be. In Matthew 4, 4, turn over there real quickly. Matthew 4, the message. There is movement, and with the movement, there is a message. You know this, this is the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And I won't go through it all, I just want to read one part of it. 
Verse 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes or proceeds from the mouth of God. In the wilderness, the children of Israel ate fresh manna every day, didn't they? Fresh manna every day. We in the church need to live, as Jesus said, we live by the proceeding word of God. God has a word that He's given us in the Bible. It's infallible. Amen? So we're not talking about something, I've got, you know, some extra biblical revelation, you know, some crazy thing out there. That's not what I'm talking about. But from this Bible, by the Holy Spirit's work, there comes an emphasis of a a particular message and movement that God wants to do along with all that He's done before building on it. And if we will get in that vein, that's where the blessing is. That's where the harvest is. That's where God is working. Are you listening? So we we live by the proceeding Word. Now, here's the thing. Many Christians are living on 10-year-old manna. Thank God for that word you got 10 years ago. Thank God for that. Hang on to it. But what has God said to you lately? What is the word He said to you for 2019? You know, we, we are supposed to be a Spirit-filled church. Thank you for that one amen. That means what? That the Holy Spirit is active not only when we gather corporately, but in our lives individually. I believe the Holy Spirit still has a voice. Jesus said when He comes, He's going to speak. He's going to speak not of His own initiative, but He's going to speak. We need to know, what is God saying? What is God doing in this hour? I remember uh, when I was on the mission field back in the, the 80s, the late 80s in Argentina, there was a tremendous, tremendous move of God taking place in that nation. I don't care. You could, it didn't matter what the name was over the door. It didn't matter what the denominational name was or anything. I mean, God was moving. I mean, people were getting saved. Miracles were happening. I mean, it was shaking a whole nation. I mean, it was just, it was commonplace. You just get up, you know, and preach to 10,000 people. Miracles happen before you could even pray. The audacity of God. (laughs) Didn't wait for me to pray my prayer. He just moved anyway. You know, but it was because what? Something unique was being emphasized. and, And by prayer and by sensitivity to God, the body of Christ there as in large part got a hold of it. Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, Pentecostal. Uh, no name, whatever. I mean, people that just named the name of Jesus. It, God was moving. And it was, it, He was bringing hundreds and thousands of people into the kingdom of God. This is what I'm talking about. Amen? Got any fishermen in here? It's okay to raise your hand. Got any fishermen, women, men in here? Two or three. When you go fishing, you don't expect to catch anything, do you? You just go for the relaxation, right? I mean, if you got a boat, you you invested in that boat and bought that boat and bought that ta- uh, tackle, and you you got the your rod and all that, and you get up early in the morning and you you tow that boat to the lake or the river, and you put that in. You go to all that trouble, but you don't really want to catch anything, right? 
You want to catch something. Jesus said, you know, I don't want to be fishing in a lake where the fish aren't biting. Or where there are no fish at all. That happens too often in the church. We're fishing out of our bathtub instead of out of the lake and the ponds out there. And it's because we've got an inward focus because we don't have a fresh proceeding word from God. And we just want to camp out and have a good service and be blessed. And now we've got a nice facility and all of that. Listen, long as I'm here, I ain't going to let you get caught up in that. You're going to get tired of hearing it. It's a proceeding word. It's a fresh anointing. And you know what? It brings us to a greater anointing and a greater authority. Remember, the, they, they sent people to arrest Jesus, and they came back with Adam and said, what are you, I, we sent you to arrest him. Where is he? He said, well, we never heard anybody talk like this. Man, we've heard the Pharisees. We've heard the doctors of the law. We've heard the great theologians. We've heard the eloquent speakers, but nobody spoke like this man did. You know what, Passion Church? God wants us to have a message that is personal, that is right now, that is powerful, that is a message that the Holy Spirit has birthed through a movement where God is active and we are catching fish. I don't want to pray. I don't want to fast. I don't want to do all that. I don't want to labor and get everything done just to go through the motions. God, help us. That's not what I want. I'm sure you don't either, do you? So there's a movement. We're talking about how does God build His There's a movement. Now, this can be on the, the body of Christ as a whole. It can be on an individual or family level. You need God to move in your family. God wants to have a, a family movement. Remember what Paul told the jailer? He said, now that you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, your whole household could be saved. Out of what God's doing in you, out of the movement of salvation in you, your whole family now can be saved. Some of you need to get a movement for your, started in you for your family in 2019. If we get our family saved, we probably wouldn't have room to get everybody in here. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a movement. God wants to do it. He can do it individually in our families, in your family life. But He can do it within a body of believers called Passion Church. And when that movement comes, we don't want to resist it. We don't want to ignore it. And we don't want to be unfaithful with it. We want to seize our opportunity and run with it. Thank you. <laughs> New manifestations that are happening. God's working. Now... New workings, these manifestations can be new ways that God works. Matthew 4, 23, it says that Jesus went about all the towns and villages preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all that were sick. All of a sudden, there's a new revelation. Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they weren't healing people. They should have been, but they weren't. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes up with a, a, not only a, a fresh anointing and a fresh movement and a fresh message, but now there's a fresh manifestation, a working of God in the midst. If you will study church history, you will see how God went from um, 
from uh, the revelation of being saved by faith through grace, he, he restored what? Back the prayer in the power of prayer, the prayer movement, John Wesley's movement. You can go on right down to Azusa Street, uh, the healing revival. Right on down, you can, with every movement that has been uh, recognized in church history, you will see these three things in every one of them. And those who were willing to recognize it and get on board would see that God began to move in new ways, new strategies. Amen? All of a sudden, Jesus raised up 12 men. Well, there's nothing new about that. The rabbinical schools, they did that a lot. But all of a sudden, Jesus began to do more. He began to not just have them come and hear him teach and hear him teach and hear him teach and become great theologians. He sent them out equipped with an anointing and power to go out and do what he did. Wow. Wow. That was a different revelation and a different manifestation. It was one thing for Jesus, the Son of God, to be, what, healing the sick, casting out devils, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. But then God took, uh, Jesus took his closest disciples, the twelve, and he said, now you go and do the same thing. And then he got even more radical, and he found 70 more, and he sent them out to do the same thing. And then it got really radical. Because his disciples came to him, you know, how people are. We protect our, our territory, don't we? Now, this is Passion Church's territory. We don't. You know, they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, we saw one man. He's not even named. And he was, he was healing the sick and casting out devils in your name. And we told him to stop. Boy, that's human nature, isn't it? Because, you know, he wasn't, he, he wasn't in our camp. Jesus said, don't be doing that. I'm paraphrasing. He said, no. He said, there's nobody that can be doing those kind of things in my name lightly. In other words, there was a, he got, this guy got a hold of the movement. He got a hold of the message. And he began to carry the manifestation. And he didn't have to wait for somebody from Jerusalem headquarters to say it's okay. Listen, if you're a believer, you're commissioned. Go do it. Don't wait for me to say it's okay. Go do it. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Set people free. Just go do it. Well, I'm waiting for the church to get up a program. Well, where's that at in the Bible? Come on. The church has been about programmed to death. We don't need a program. We need a movement. We need a message. We need something that's relevant. We need something that the Holy Spirit's involved in and working through. And He will work through us if we will just get in there with Him. It is good, isn't it? <laughs> so new workings, new strategies, new methodologies. Why do we have to do everything the same way we've always done it? God might have something new He wants to do. You think God's run out of ideas? I don't think so. He's still got ideas. And the thing about it is, sometimes his ideas run counter to our ideas. Because didn't he say, uh, my thoughts are not, and my ways are not. Like one guy said, we don't need my way, we need Yahweh. <laughs> we want Yahweh, amen. So, what do we do? We need to learn to blend the old and the new. I've got to close. 
I think. Oh, I got some time. I'm doing all right. Thank you. Who said that? Way to go. I like you. Blending the old and the new. Look in Matthew 13. We're talking about how does God build his house? Well, I just thought, you know, we'd just have a bunch of high-powered programs, and man, we'd just razzle-dazzle everybody, and we'd just... No, that's Madison Avenue. Nothing wrong. I'm, nothing, I, I'm, I'm not a Luddite. I'm all for new technologies in every way that we can use it and apply it. I, you know, I'm all, I'm all for all that. But I'm for all that when God is moving in it. Isn't that right? When there's a movement of God. And then it becomes a tool to use to help facilitate what? The movement, the message, and the manifestation. Then we get the fruit. And you know what? I'm after the fruit. I'm after the fish. I want to be like those fishermen where they caught so many fish, they had to call up their partners. Hey, wouldn't it be great? We had so many people. We call up the pastor down the road here and say, hey, we're going to send some folks over to your church because we can't hold them all. <laughs> See, I just lost some of you right then. <laughs> Got to think new. Matthew 13, let me find it here, verse 52. <clears throat> Matthew 13, verse 52. Jesus said to them, Every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven, we got any disciples in here, followers of Jesus, is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, is the only one who can help us to blend the old and the new together successfully. Now, we talked about Sometimes the human attitude of those who have the old and they resist the new. Let me get over here on the other side for a little bit. Sometimes those who get, the, get a hold of something new, they want to do away with everything that had come before on them. And both are wrong. One's in the ditch on this side and the other one's in the ditch on that side. And we're all fussing at one another. No, let's, both, let's get out of each ditch and let's get in the way in the road of what God is doing at that moment. Jesus said that we need to understand and respect that all that God's revealed of Himself to us and to the church, that is foundational. We don't do away with that. We keep that, but the Holy Spirit will show us how to take the new that He's emphasizing and bring the old together with it to help it come forth successfully. So it's not a matter of, well, I'll tell you, we ain't going over there, Myrtle, them newfangled stuff they're doing. Or on the other hand, well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, them old folk need to just get out of the way. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> no, he's, he said, out of storehouses of past moves. You know, here at Passion Church, we have a history. God has done some wonderful things in times past. And, and we don't take that lightly. And we don't, 
count that as, as not important or not valuable. It's foundational. But we're going to build on that. We're not going to camp on it. We're going to build on it. We're going to take all that God has done up to this point, all that He has deposited in us, all that He has done through us, and we're going to be encouraged, and we're going to be strengthened. We're going to understand some things about the ways of God, about how to pray and how to seek God and use our faith and reach out to those who are hurting and broken. But we're going to look for God to do some new things to add to it, some new movement. Listen. We need to, every generation is not only uh, accountable for itself, but I believe we're accountable to reach the next generation. I remember when I came in, I told you I came in in the early 70s in what they, uh, people labeled the Jesus movement. And you know, the, 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 the organized traditional church that were just stuck in their old ways, you know, I can, I can remember, you, you know, they didn't even want, People like me in their church. You know, we were, we were pot smoking. Now, see, that don't sound like a big deal now, but you know. <laughs> 47, 48 years ago, that was pretty radical. Now, you know, it's just. I remember visiting my son out in Seattle. I mean, they had the big billboards up, you know, advertising, you know, where you could go buy your cannabis. I'm like, I thought I was in a twilight zone. But, you know, they didn't want people like us. We, 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 didn't, we didn't look all that good. We didn't talk all that nice. But you know what? God saw a potential in my generation. Thank God he did. Thank God he did. I'll tell you. I mean, I can understand how some people felt. I mean, you know, I would have wanted me in, in my church probably the way I was, you know. I mean, you know, and here's the thing, church, can we welcome people that are not yet saved, who are not yet cleaned up, whose mouth may not be exactly sanctified yet, who may not exactly dress the way we think they ought to? Can we see beyond the exterior and see as God sees the heart and the potential if the blood is applied? Man, my generation, I've got friends of mine who've been missionaries for 35, 40 years on the mission fields, planted churches, shaken nations, I mean, in churches all over. I mean, thank God, you know, that there was a generation before me. There was some in that generation that saw my generation and recognized the move of the Holy Spirit and said, you know what? There's hope for those people. I, we see potential in them. And thank God they reached out to us. You heard my testimony. I didn't get saved in church. I, I got saved praying over old broke down washing machine in the back warehouse of a store. That was what God was doing at the time. People, he wasn't waiting for people to get to church to get saved. Man, I'm telling you, as soon as you got hungry, you got filled. You remember Cornelius, don't you? Right, can you imagine the audacity? Right in the middle of Peter's wonderful sermon, God just showed up. <laughs> he fell on that group of people, and I mean, they just interrupted his wonderful service. We were getting saved everywhere. I mean, you know, it was amazing. And the guy that led me to the Lord, he used to be my drug dealer. Boy, that was crazy. That's all mixed up, wasn't it? Listen, 
Let's don't put God in a box. Let's don't say God's got to do it this way or that way. What's important is what? We have the message of salvation. Jesus Christ. He's the answer to the needs of all people everywhere. No matter what they've been in, no matter where they've been, no matter how broken they may seem, no matter how different they may appear. Listen, we have the answer. And God help us if we don't give it freely to them. If we don't make a place for them. It is all right, isn't it? The prominent activity of God in the new. Prominent means to stand out. It's something that's emphasized. You ever been reading maybe a a text or a brief or something, and all of a sudden uh, they purposely put something in bold print? Well, that catches your attention, doesn't it? That was the whole reason for it, wasn't it? And see, while God's going to continue to do the things He's revealed before up until this time, and He's going to continue to do that, when we catch this new movement of God, what something's going to be prominent about it. Are you listening? Prominent. What is God saying to us? What is He saying to the church? Now listen, don't be a second-hand Christian. A lot of people get their information secondhand. You know how that usually turns out. It's inaccurate, isn't it? God wants to show you what is the movement of the church. You say, how do I, I do that? Well, we're going to talk about that in the process. But let me just say this. Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. Oh, but I'm too busy, Pastor. I don't have time. You're right. You, you got it analyzed just right. Now, what are you going to do about it? You're too busy and you don't have time. So you need, you need to rearrange your calendar. You need to rearrange and prioritize things. Because listen, it doesn't just fall on you like a ripe apple or a ripe cherry off the tree. We have to seek God. Remember, the oil was poured into what? Empty vessels. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I want God. I want more God. I want to know what are you doing right now, God? That's where I want to be. I want to be right in what God's doing now. I don't have to be at the forefront of it. I just want to be involved in it. I don't care who leads it as long as I get to be in the parade. He can call you to lead it. I'll be happy. I just want to be in what God's doing. Amen? That's all that matters. And then the old and and new We always remember this, even with the new, it's built on the old that's come before. Amen? Amen. A foundation that's laid. Paul said this, he said, I've laid the foundation, and he said, every man builds on it. But he said, remember this, there's only one foundation. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? He is the center and the circumference of all that we're doing. It's all about Him. And when I connect to Him, I'm connected to the flow we're talking about. And, and if I'm not connected to Him, I'm not connected to the flow. I may go to church. I may be religious. I may need, know how to talk church talk when I'm in church. You know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's good, isn't it, brother? How you doing? I'm great. Cool, God. Hallelujah. We know, you know, we know all the time. Isn't that right? It's just like no different than, than two guys talking football. As soon as they start talking football, all the football lingo comes out. 
or basketball or whatever it is. Isn't that right? We all got, we, <clears throat> but just because I can talk football lingo don't mean I can throw a pass or catch one. And just because we talk a good talk when we're around people at church and we think, boy, this is it. This is it, man. I'm, whoo, boy, boy. I, yeah, they, they must really have it. Listen, you only have it unless you have him. And there's a relationship that you need, each of us need, before we can embrace this message today. And that is that we have connected to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Bible says, whoever believes in Him, what? That you will receive a brand new life. A brand new life. This morning, before we go any further, let me ask you, are you connected to the Lord Jesus? Are you connected to Him by faith? Or maybe you're just a good church member. You say, oh, pastor, you know, I, I, I'd be embarrassed. People, people think I'm really something else. I'm, you know, the second coming almost. I couldn't, I couldn't admit that I need to get my life right with the Lord. But listen. Let's don't worry about what other people think. And here's, here's my invitation this morning. If you need your life to connect or reconnect with Jesus, maybe, maybe you've been a Christian, but you got to be honest. Hey, you know what? My life's not where it needs to be. I'm not in a position to really discern the movement of God and the message of God and, and to get in on what God, but I want to. I want to. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't let anything hold me back. I wouldn't let pride. I wouldn't, you know, here's what I found out about people. Don't care a hoot about what people think. I've been in the ministry going on 38 years and I found out this, boy, there's only one person that I can please, try to please, and that's God. Man, the people that's, you know, ready to put you on the throne one day, just like Jesus the next day, they're ready to crucify him. Don't worry about what people think. So here's what we're doing. They're gonna, we're going to play uh, some music here, and here's what I want you to do. And, and, and it might not even be for that. If you need uh, something, you want prayer for your life, you just say, I, I just need God. I want to get in on what God's doing. I want to be in on the forefront of what God's doing. Or I need to get my life right with Jesus. I want you to just... While the music's playing, we're going to play the music. When it's through, I'm going to close it up. But I'm going to be right up here. I'm going to be waiting on you. If you would just bow your heads just for a moment. Hallelujah. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Father, I know that there are people, this many people, there are people here that need to get right with you. They need their life to be right. They need to reconnect with you. And some people, they just need to be saved. They need Jesus to come into their heart. And Father, I pray that they will not let pride, they will not let what people think, uh, Father, hold them back. Father, they will respond. So right now, come. Come. Come down here and stand with me. I'm going to pray with you. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Don't let pride hold you back. Don't let pride hold you back. 
Hell's too hot for pride to hold you back. Eternity's too long. You need to come now. If you need prayer for something, might not be for salvation, but if you need prayer, you come down. Stand with me. I'm going to stand with you. You won't be by yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, sweetheart, you just stand right here with me. Come on down. There you go. Come on down. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Don't wait. Come on down. Come on down and stand with us. Thank you, Lord. If our prayer team, some of them will come up here and stand with us as well. But you come on. If you need to come, you come now. That's right. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Thank you, Jesus. Don't wait. Anyone else? Anyone else? You come now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Listen, Passion, this is why we're here. This is why we're here. It's for people. It's for people. And those of you up here, listen, you have nothing to be ashamed of. The biggest need in my life, the biggest room in my life is a room for improvement. So that's why I'm standing up here with you. Father, right now, these that have come, Lord, we're so grateful that they responded to the drawing of the Holy Spirit. They did not put you off. They did not resist. They did not say no. Lord, you said in a good and honest heart, in a sincere and broken heart, that you will work. You will work your grace. You will work with your power. Father, right now I pray that everyone who came seeking, they find. Everyone who came who is hungry, who is hungry, will be satisfied. Who is thirsty, Lord, they will be filled. Oh, God, I thank you for those who have responded. I thank you for their lives. Lord, you are beginning something new and something fresh in their lives, in this church, and in our community. And we thank you for it. We are grateful for it, oh, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we are grateful and we are thankful. Oh, God, do your work in our brothers and sisters, in our friends and our family. Do the work of grace in Jesus' name. If you'll stay here right where you are, just a moment, we're going to let you go with Brother Bruce here and our prayer team. If you're not, if it's too hard for you to go, uh, you can just stay right here and they'll pray for you. We don't want to make you have to go walk all the way to the prayer room. But if you're able, follow Brother Bruce right here. And go with him. He'll only take about five minutes of your time. Your family will wait on you. Go on down with Brother Bruce, please. Would you? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.